Hey, this is Lee. I really hope you've been enjoying the Business of Marketing podcast. It's from marketers and for marketers, and my intention is to bring you value, experiences, and insights that you can use. Also, if your company would like to have their own podcast, I would love to help. The team at Content Monster specializes in B2B podcasts. So if we can help, contact me at contentmonster.com. That's contentmonster, M-O-N-S-T-A.com. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Business of Content Podcast, a place where you can learn how to use digital and social media to drive your business and personal brand. And now your hosts, A. Lee Judge and Dante Carter. Once again, welcome to the Business of Content Podcast, where we talk about content creation and how to use it to connect with your audience. I'm A. Lee Judge. And I'm Dante Carter. (laughs) And today we're talking about what are some ways to create original content for your business. To start it off with, we talked on our last podcast about what content was and what it means to businesses, but we know that often businesses have their first hang-up in how to create something original and not be a commercial when creating their content. So I guess the the first question, uh, something that you are very good at, Dante, is uh, we know that when you create good content and you're a business, one of the best ways to do it is by telling a story, Right. Oh, definitely. And uh, but I think first is identifying which story you're going to tell and why that story is important to uh, not only your business, but also your customers and that target audience that you want to reach. So in terms of telling a story, let's let's give them some examples, Um, because, you know, often they think about, well, I sell this product. How do I tell a story about this product? And that's definitely, in our opinion, going the wrong way about it. Right. The story isn't about that one product, or that service. What is the story about? The story is about the emotional connection, which is a lot about what we discussed last time, too. I mean, you got to think about it. Think about uh, when when Steve Jobs came back to Apple, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they were getting ready to unveil their iPhone. Mm-hmm. And he stepped onto the stage and he said, wow, this is a moment that I've been waiting two and a half years for. Emotion. <laughs> Emotion. But not only that, you, you build anticipation as well because people are like, two and a half years? Wow, what in the world has he been working on for two and a half years? Mm-hmm. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. But he created that emotional connection. And so I think the, the, the better of a job that you can do of, of connecting to your audience, mm-hmm. whether it's um, mentally or emotionally, but the, the be- when you can do the best job of, of just connecting to them, you're going to get a better outcome. And that outcome is the ROI, the return, right? That's right. what everybody wants. They want to get your eyes, and then they want to get you to spend money. But if I don't connect with you, it's <laughs> – I have a really good friend that he he, he uses the whole dating approach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if a woman doesn't connect with you, she's not going out with you. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, but, but that's what we're story. building. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. you know, when I, when I approach a, a client about uh, telling a story, when I talk about telling a story from a business standpoint – um, it's important to understand that we're talking about people doing business with people, yeah. you know, not businesses with people, but people. And so when you call Joe the plumber, you're not calling a plumbing company. You're calling Joe. You That's know? correct. And no matter how small it is, whether, whether it's Joe the plumber or whether it's some national furniture store, the, the bottom line is you're more likely to do business with them if you can make some kind of human connection with that company. Right. So if they have an interesting story if they tell interesting stories, I mentioned on another show about if you're a, if you're a florist, tell me a story about something that happy that happened because of your customer. You know, your customer um, 
had never received flowers before. This is her first time receiving flowers, and I got a chance to watch the story of this person getting flowers for the first time. Or maybe there's someone giving a speech about, you know, give your flowers while you're alive, not while you're dead, or something, you know, that kind of thing, after you're dead. The, the kind of thing that can give me a story uh, to where I can get value out of that content rather than you just selling me on your, your product is the best, right? Definitely. It's about owning a narrative. Mm. There are 50 million narratives going on every mm. day, mm-hmm. but how do you own the narrative? And it goes back to storytelling. Mm-hmm. Now, I can remember when um, I was helping the district attorney in Fulton County, and as you know, the relationship between police and the community in this day and age, it is, um, it's edgy, <laughs> yeah, <to say laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. But there's one particular side of town where they were able to drop crime 87%. Well, who do you get to tell that story? I guess the officers or... No, it's it's the, the, the 92-year-old lady who's lived in that community for oh. decades. Mm-hmm. The one who was there when the community was prospering. The mm-hmm. one that was there when the community tanked. Mm-hmm. And the one who's there to see things get back to what they were when she was a young child. She's got the best story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She remembers wa- being able to walk down the street before the gangs came in. Mm-hmm. She can tell you that story of being able to walk up to the ice cream truck, what it meant to just be able to walk down the street to the store without the, the fear of death. Mm-hmm. Not too many other people can share that story. The The kids are too young to be able to share that. But it creates that emotional connection. She was the she was the woman that we had selected to tell that story on the news. And so I think back to the point of storytelling, when you can find those stories, when you can find that customer, that client, mm-hmm. that has had this amazing, she's had this amazing adventure, or he has had this amazing adventure with your product or your services, where you know, wow, what I do has really helped her. Mm-hmm. How can how can they share um, that story? You know, a lot of folks that I work with, they're attorneys. Attorneys can't say they're the best, mm-hmm. but they're but their clients can, right? <laughs> exactly. Their clients can. So which of your clients are going to sing your praises? Because it's their story, but in a sense, you're also creating that third-party credibility, which is, in, in essence, what I do, PR, is mm-hmm. getting people to talk about your products and services. But typically, it's that one amazing story from one of your clients that's a lifelong fan that really puts you over the top. Well, w- when you think about telling stories... If you if if a person realizes a business owner realizes that there's a whole genre of television. In fact, the highest rated TV shows are ones that tell real stories. It's called reality TV. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and when the first ones came out, I guess dating back to like the Real World MTV and um, Survivor, all those shows, um, they were a little bit of a novelty at first, but they gave you the sense of this is real. It's not scripted. This is the real life as it's happening. And it gave you a chance to feel a little, like I guess, a little voyeuristic of seeing what really happens. Yeah. And a whole new genre of TV has, has blown up and only grown over the past 15, 20 years, probably 25 years if you count real world, um, 30 years probably, dating myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, this reality TV, up until recently, was something that only the big networks could create, right? Uh, there wasn't a such thing as being your own reality TV. But now a business can be their own reality TV. You don't need to go through the middleman of television, radio, newspaper, whatever. Now you have your own production company in your pocket, your cell phone. So if you're a business person, you can create your reality TV from your phone 
tell your story, and your story doesn't have to be um, created. And I think uh, the next topic we're going to talk about today was was documenting versus creating. Mm-hmm. So going into that, basically, you can tell your story by simply documenting what you're doing while it's happening, no scripting. It's your own reality TV that you can make, and that's the content that will drive customers to have that human connection with you. Oh, definitely. I think what people have to realize is that the Internet just didn't change the game. This is this is this was life way before the Internet. But Mm -hmm. what people have to realize is there is no professional side on social media and personal side like people want authenticity. Mm -hmm. And if you're not authentic, guess what? They don't buy into it. Not at all. And that's what people fail to. that's what a lot of companies are failing. I mean, you're starting to see see it slowly change, but it's not where it needs to be. I mean, it's just like networking, right? Networking, you want to shake somebody's hand. You want to you want to look them in the eyes and you want to have a conversation. There are people that feel for me and my company feel connected based upon what they're able to see behind the scenes. They're like, "Wow, that's a real person behind Carter Media Group." Mm-hmm. And that's what people have to understand, like people want they want to know that they're talking to a real person. They want mm-hmm. to be able to connect with you. Because if they can't connect with you, what good are your products or your services to them? Something you made me think about there. So often on this show we talk about local businesses and, and national, national businesses as well. And something that they now have in common is the ability to talk to the masses, right? Correct. So the person with the cell phone in their pocket can open that cell phone talk to thousands of people and document what they're doing. They don't need a whole film crew to document what they're doing, right? And even you can get to a professional level, this is what basically Content Monster does for companies or people, is give them professional level quality of documenting what's going on. The best stories are told as they happen. Yeah, and and it goes back to the topic that we're on, right? Documenting versus creating. I think when you think about creating, how long does it take uh, a creator, a scriptwriter in Hollywood to come up with an amazing script? Mm-hmm. You're talking about three, four, five years, some maybe 10, right? Because when you're creating, you're so worried about what, oh, man, how, am, am I developing an emotional connection here? Do they understand that this is a relationship? You're, you're looking at so many other factors that in the grand scheme of things don't even really matter. But when you start documenting you're documenting life as it happens. And in doing so, when you document, you're just recording what's already happened, what's already there. And guess what? It comes off as authentic. It doesn't come off as I've been sitting here for hours trying to write the perfect script. It comes off as, hey, this is life here at, at Content Monster. This is what we do. This is what happens. But guess what? This is the service that we also provide to you. And in doing so, going back to authenticity, you build that connection with your clients. Yeah, and, and it, it plays into people don't like being sold. I hate being sold anything. You know, when I'm approached by a person, even if they're selling what I'm in the market for, <laughs> <laughs> I typically turn the other way. I want to do my own research. You know, I want to understand on my own what they're about. In fact, even if I've decided I want to do business with that company, I'm going to do some research to see what who they really are, right, Correct. what they're really like. Um, what are they like when I'm not looking? Yeah. You know, what are they like when they're not pitching to me? Um, especially for something that's closer to personal, like if it were you know, real estate, your real estate agent or your doctor or whatever, 
that kind of person, I really want to know what they're like when I'm not around. Yeah, you know, definitely. Because you can, a person can practice a sales pitch, the elevator pitch, and repeat it over and over and over to where it sounds perfect. But who are they? What are they like when they're not scripted? Well, you know, when when I worked back in television news, they would always tell us to dumb down our writing, right? Mm. Dumb it down. The average viewer reads on a fourth grade reading level. I think what people are figuring out because of the internet is that those stats don't match what we're seeing. People are, to your point, they're educated. They want to research you. They want to know more and more about you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you can't put a grade level on that. You can't put a grade level on a person's curiosity because if they're investing in you, they want to know what that investment looks like. And so you have to be prepared to show. Show and tell and produce. Hmm. I just realized that I had a situation personally here in my neighborhood that uh, a tire company business could use to really affect their customers. And I'll, I'll tell you how it happened. So there's this odd thing going on where I live now where we have a burst of banks and tire places. I don't know why we have so many of those two, maybe financing their cars or something. I don't know <laughs> how, to, how it works. But um, there's there's one you can. In fact, I was I was at one. The person who changed my last tires and she says, I actually thanked her, but I said, because I came here again because when I was here before, you guys were so friendly. You gave, gave such great customer service. She says, I have to. I could walk out of my front door and throw a rock and hit three other companies who sell tires. And that was a story that, I, that happened live while I was there. But I had to have become their customer first to hear that, right? Yeah. What if that was documented? So now all the potential people in the neighborhood could hear that story when they've never been there before and they would gain new customers. And I, I think that's what people have to be in a position to realize. The difference between you and getting the customers that you desire is your story. People shouldn't yeah. have to wait to walk in <laughs> through your doors just yeah. to hear what you have to say, just to hear what you offer. Be authentic. Be mm -hmm. on the internet. Be on social media. It was so funny. I was um I was on a lo local radio station in town, and the uh, the host asked this question of, well, what about my local mechanic? Mm -hmm. I've been going to this guy for fifty years, and he's losing business now because of the internet. Like, <laughs> is that fair to him? He should be ten times his business because of the internet. <laughs> yeah, but you see what I'm saying? <laughs> but that that's the whole point. Like, you have people who've been in the game for so long that they got comfortable. And the yeah. ship's passing them by. In the last episode, we talked about Toys R Us, but that's really happening. It's not just Toys R Us. There are companies that are going belly up. I mean, you're watching, you're watching Walmart fighting for their life right now against Amazon because yeah. Amazon took the Internet by the horns and said, we're going to ride this thing. Well, you mentioned loyalty. I don't know if it was earlier today or in the past, past uh, episode, but you, you often mention loyalty when it comes to, to, to customer relationships. And that loyalty that I have to that tire company came because of the relationship. I just happened to be in there that first time. Right. So they, they right there could have a piece of content about loyalty. If they had captured, they could ask me right now to put me on camera. Tell me why you keep coming back to us. I'm loyal to them because of the experience they gave me, the customer experience right now, if they were able to document the customer experience I had, and show that to all the people in the neighborhood. Uh, because right now, on my kitchen counter is probably flyers from 10 different tire places. But the one that I had an experience with, and the one that I know the story of, 
is the one I'll be loyal to. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it. their customer service allowed you to emotionally connect to them, which mm-hmm. created a brand loyalty, mm-hmm. period. You know what I'm saying? Like, they made you feel a certain way. You felt good walking in through those doors. And when your stories are told right from that business standpoint, mm-hmm. like your story, when you said if they sat down, they put a camera in my face right now, I would sing their praises. Yeah. People are singing companies' praises each and every day. And they're not capturing it. Yeah, they're not. Record it. Record it. Exactly. Just document it. Just turn the camera on. Who is Michael Jackson if you can't document his voice? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's got to be recorded at some point. Yeah. Yeah. In in, in fact, from a standpoint of a business uh, documenting versus creating, any business that's doing what they do, if they know they're good at it, document themselves being good at it, right? And each time they do that, that's a potential episode. It's a, it's a, it's an Instagram post. It's a podcast. It's a video for YouTube. Each time they do something that they are good at, document it, and that's a piece of content to share. Now, to them, it could be routine. Let's say you know if you're a lawn guy, you cut lawns ten of ten lawns a day. That's no big deal to you. But give me that clip of you telling that person. Hey, this bush has a disease in it, and if you don't do this or prune that or whatever, you're gonna lose this bush. That guy, that 15 seconds of content makes him different from the guy passing out flyers. Not only that, right? My, uh, I had an uncle that used to cut lawns, right? Mm-hmm. And there were lawns that he would cut for free. Mm-hmm. They were lawns of the elderly, folks that he knew that were so sick. The story. Yeah, <laughs> like, but he didn't know. He didn't tell their stories. But what I'm saying is, had he told those stories, there was one lady. She literally had grass that was four feet in her. You know, uh, it was a lady that he knew from church. He didn't realize that she didn't have anybody cutting her lawn. And when he found out, because, I mean, you know, she was elderly. She was sick. She had all kind of health conditions. He went out there and there were all kind of rats and everything out there. But, you know, and I know the story because I was out there with them. You know, (laughs) I came out to help him. I wanted to spend time with them. But those were those are the stories that impact people. Now I think that's that's a good example of. So as a business owner, you often think, you know, where do I find my stories? How can, how can I, I hate to use the word create, because that's, that's what they they typically think, right? But where can I document something that's interesting? Now, the in- interesting part, that's up to your con- to your viewer, not up to yeah. you. You do what you do. If you're professional, if you do a good job, let your viewer decide what's interesting. But there are cases like the one you just mentioned where you know going into it, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Right? So if you're a, a lawn maintenance company and you know you're about to head into a situation with four-foot-tall grass, there's an ideal chance there's going to be a story there somewhere. Pull out the camera, pull out your phone, document that while it happens because there's no doubt in that situation there's going to be something to document. In fact, I think, I don't know if you want to mention, you know uh, an obstetrician who I'm sure has stories. <laughs> Tons of them. <laughs> Tons of them. So go, going into the situation where there's, you know, triplets, quadruplets, you know there's a story there. Yeah. Right? So if that person is documenting themselves professionally, then you know I'm about to have a consultation with this lady who's having four or five babies. Maybe she'll let me, you know, record part of the conversation, even anonymously. That's a story. That's unique. And it's going to happen, so I might as well document it. And, and not only that, you know, this OB just just had a child of her own. Why not document your own journey to show your patients like, hey, this is this is what it looks like when, well, not only this is what it looks like, this is what I've experienced. 
this is the knowledge that I've that I've put together over these amount yeah, of and years. That story, she's got both sides of the story. She, yeah, she's experienced it and she studied it. Who better? Who better know? to, to yeah. serve you? Yeah, because she understands. I mean, there are things that school just doesn't prepare you for. Yeah, but when you've endured. Um, pregnancy and childbirth yourself, you can relate to your patients on uh, a deeper level, you know. And, and in terms of business competition, there are stories that she could tell that a male OB could not tell, simply doesn't have access to the story. But think about it. There are stories that they can tell that are driving male OBs out of the industry. Yeah. Because they, he, he can't tell an experience story like, like she well, can. Well, I mean, he can't relate to a woman like better than a woman, period. <laughs> you there's, know? There's no way. And, you know, I have a couple of videos I've done in the past that were basically titled Find Your Unfair Advantage, mm -hmm. you know. And oh, that's a good one. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So so basically, if you're looking for ways, something to document, something to tell, figure out what your unfair advantage is and document that. Tell that story because everybody has something, yeah. right? I mean, I'm 5'5", I'm five five, so playing basketball is not my unfair advantage. Yeah. You know, there's no way in that. But... I got in trouble in school for talking all the time. And guess what? I figured out my unfair advantage was I have no fear of talking to anyone. Right? I can yeah. walk on the stage right now in front of a million people and be totally comfortable. That's my unfair advantage. That's the story I could tell if I were telling the story of, you know, what I do. Well, you know, it's so it's so funny because um, <laughs> as a freshman in high school, I was kicked out of my television news course. <laughs> like, when I say kicked out, I mean not invited back ever. <laughs> and it's so funny because what they said is I didn't take it. I didn't take the profession serious enough. Mm. I was I was too funny, too goofy. It was too much. That was your edge. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, you fast forward 10 years later where I've landed my first reporting job, and those are the same... I mean, those were advantages to me because now we're in a day and age where people want to connect with you. They want to know who Dante is. I'm literally putting my signature on every story. And that's the key that I want to stress really to business owners is finding a way to put your signature on everything that you do. And your story is the best way to do it. Find that story. If it's the founder of that company, if it was if it was the founder, him or her, working 12 hours overnight to get this company off the ground while maintaining a nine to five, taking care of their family, taking care of whatever that message is, use it. And, and that's how you're going to connect. You know, there, I mean, there are so many amazing stories out there. I had a, a, a business owner I was working with and he had a, a, a scholarship for um, children uh, who have um, overcome pediatric cancer. Mm -hmm. And my first thought is, what's the story behind that? That's the first question I ask. Nobody just creates scholarships like that to give to people to take to college. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When they've overcome such a traumatic uh, part in their life, a point in their life. And so I think that we're surrounded by such amazing stories. Let's start telling them. Usually when there's an initiative like that that's near and dear to your heart, there's a reason why. Share that why and you'll see business increase. Okay. So let's... Take that to wrap into our, our last question, our last topic here. We talked about ways to create original content, telling your story. We talked about documenting versus creating, which can be why you're telling your story. So also something that's very popular and is, is effective with businesses is expressing thought leadership. Now, the, the phrase thought leadership is heading maybe towards cliche zone, but what it basically is is when a company has expertise, they simply 
express that expertise and and use that expertise as a piece of content. Um, when you have people in your organization who know what they know and they know it stone down cold, that kind of content is usually easy to create. Um, I've had several clients who we go in basically unscripted and without a script or with a few questions. Yeah, we ask we ask those three or four questions while they express what they know and we're creating content on the fly. You know, basically uh, you can go in there with with three questions to somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. And they can just talk. And oftentimes you may end up, you know, talking for 15, 20, 30 minutes and you can chop it up and have seven, eight pieces of content Definitely. from one conversation with a thought leader. Yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> I think in every industry, right, we have to, in every industry, there are just super smart people. They're the average set of people. And then there are people that are just barely making it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I think that when you can show that, hey, I am the top tier in my mm -hmm. profession, you're taking things to another level because you already know that based upon my level of um, education, based upon my level of experience, based upon my level of exploration, like I've explored this industry, mm -hmm. I am I'm above the pack. And when the more that you can show that you're above the pack, the more that you, you get people's ears. Just think, who do you want to go to? Do you want to go to the doctor that you think he knows what he's doing or that you know knows what he's doing? You've seen him. You've seen him. Talk he's about talked it. about it. Yeah. And so I think the more that, you, that a business owner, like, it, it doesn't always have to. Well, you know what? Let's scratch that. It doesn't always have to be the business owner. If you have an employee yeah. that from top to bottom yeah. is head above everybody else. Put this person on the forefront. Let them know that I have capable people that work for me. I have people that in my company that are game changers, and yeah. I'm going to show you how they're game changers. Look at this presentation that so-and-so just put on for the uh, Metro Atlanta Chamber of Commerce. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, I've worked with some some global software companies. Yeah. And software being that it could be very complicated Oftentimes, your thought leaders are the ones who are actually making the software, the programmers, yeah. right? The ones who are are selling the software or who are uh, helping customers figure out the solutions to make the software work. Yeah. The ones who've been on the front lines going in, talking to customers, trying to figure out how to provide solutions, they, they've seen so much that they can just talk, mm. you know? So often, uh, we'll go into a client and say, well... Okay, here here are ten questions. You know, pick five or six you want to talk about, right? Uh, non scripted, and we'll just interview style. Ask the question, and then they'll talk. Um, and what we do is what what's called chunking, right? So you have five questions. Oftentimes there'll be spaces within one question where you can cut it off and make that into two pieces of content. Exactly. If you Definitely. talk for two minutes, there could be two one minute chunks in there. A thirty minute conversation could be 30 one-minute pieces of content um, that you can spread through, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, or it could be the whole pieces of podcast. Just that thought leadership conversation could lead to tons of, con tons of content. And like you said, it doesn't have to be the business owner. It could be somebody within the business. Um, if it's a global software company, you have tons of engineers who, who know how the software works. In fact, you also mentioned uh, there are people at different levels, right? So not only do you have people at different levels within your organization, but your customers are at different levels. Yeah. So 
you may want your solutions architect to talk to your solutions people, your engineers to talk to your IT people, um, your salespeople to talk to your business people. Yeah. Um, have those conversations, capture them, like we said before, tell the story, document, don't create, document the conversation, uh, and ask questions that you know from a content standpoint, you can chunk them, cut them up into small pieces, and distribute them throughout your social networks uh, based on uh, the knowledge you have within your company. And I think another thing, too, um, just to add on, is what makes a thought leader a thought leader? <laughs> and I bring that question up because, to me, a thought leader is a person that he's a thought leader or she's a thought leader because of their expertise, their experience. But they're also a thought leader because they know the pain points of their customer base. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things that I... That, that I've done before when you're sitting down with different companies, come in and sit down and what's the biggest issue that your customers are having? Mm -hmm. How do you meet that need? How do you evaluate it? And getting them to talk because that way they're relating directly to that targeted audience. And it's like, ah, oh. and from my experience and what I've seen, the more specific they are about those pain points, the more you can easily look back on social media and see, wow, like people are really engaged and Hey, I have that problem too, but I'm also dealing with such and such. Can you talk about this as well? Bam, that's another piece of content that's created and it's um, very specific to the needs of their targeted audience. In fact, let me give a, be a little more tactical here. Yeah. So let's say, for example, uh, I don't know why we keep going back to say the, the local mechanic. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it's easy. Well, I, I do that often because I want to make a point that this could work for a global company. It can work for a local mechanic. Yes. So it, it's, and that's why people don't quite get sometimes that they they too can create great content. So let's use a local mechanic. Uh, the the guy who's working on the car every day. He's yeah. The, he's the thought leader. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows that perhaps there's even leadership thought leadership in mechanics. He yeah. may say, well, you know, we're heading towards synthetic oils and this works better. This kind of engine and you know those kind of things. There's there's bound to be thought leadership even in that field. Yeah. Um. Also, while that conversation happens, while you're documenting that conversation with that, that mechanic, for example, you mentioned that pain point. If he says, uh, if the question is, so how often should we get our oil changed, right? That could be a pain point. He may yeah. say, well, actually, your car may say 3,000, but the reality is it could probably go six, right? Yeah. That one phrase, that one thought can be turned tactically into an Instagram post that says, how often should I change my oil? Facebook, you know, the reality of when you should change your oil or what the oil companies have told you to sell more oil. You know, yeah. all those things are headlines. It could be posts in, in LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want to post your stuff. And that one little snippet of him explaining why the manufacturer's date is different from the oil company's date. That might have been part of a 30 minute conversation. Right. Yeah. But that one piece gave you a piece of content to go across all your channels. Right. And you look for those kind of answers to answer all those pains. You've got tons of content based off of one good thought leadership conversation. And to your point, it's also the tangible things that they can give us that help us out as well. I went into a, a to see a mechanic and I don't know anything about tires. I was like, I think my tires are bad. I've been riding on them for two years. They may be bad. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I walked in. I'm, I'm expecting to pay some money. And the mechanic, which is how he gained my trust said, no, your tires aren't bad just yet. Mm. And he pulled out a quarter. Right. 
Gotcha. Put the quarter head down mm-hmm. on that tire, and he said, "See, you can still see pieces of um of his hair. Mm-hmm. It's only until our no, no. I'm sorry. He said you can still see his forehead, mm-hmm. but when you can start to see the hairline, that's where you you're getting in trouble. Right. But that's very tangible. That's something I can literally go home, grab a quarter, and I can put it on each tire to see how how my tires are doing in terms of tread. Right. Bam. But that's what people need. That's what they want. I can tell you, if if you're a company that does something that's repeatable, that you do over and over, you have a gem. Creating content for you should be a breeze. You know, anything you think you do over and over and over, I mean, and especially if it has small parts. When I say parts, I mean uh, uh, auto shop has parts. You got tires. You got changing this. You got changing that. You got oil. All these different topics. If you're a law firm, you got different kinds of law, different kinds of cases, different scenarios. You do these things over and over and over where you know each conversation you have about that could be a piece of content. So I, I would guess that almost every profession, if you think about it, there's probably something that you do over and over that your prospective customers would like to hear a piece of. Yeah, and, and it, it gets to that point where you do it so much, you're, you're able to start repurposing content at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's where you want to get to. And that you know that's something that that I know that over at Con- Content Monster you do very well is really not only helping people to create content but showing them how to repurpose it, yeah, and that's in, huge. In fact, part of the plan going starting out with Content Monster is we try to figure out okay, what is our base content? How can we chop it up? We we plan it from the start, and the biggest thing is too what part of this can be evergreen. You know, we want to leave you with an evergreen folder that says no matter how far in the future you go with this, this content still makes sense. You know, so even for myself personally, my own personal brand, I have a folder on my computer that says evergreen. Yeah. You know, if I'm if I make a point that's not ever going to change, it goes to the evergreen folder. Yeah. Now, if it says, hey, here's some new LinkedIn feature that goes up for one week and, you know, it's out there and it's going to be dated. But if it's, you know, five things you can do today to fix to help your personal brand. That's going to be evergreen for several years or more. Yeah. You know, and if it's just plain old advice, like, you know, don't give up type motivation, that will never go out of style. So think about all the ways you can slice up your content, um, how you can get it naturally through through thought leadership or through storytelling and also how you can make it make it evergreen. And remember. Tell, don't sell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tell, don't sell. I guess that's, that, that's a different way of saying document, don't create, right? Yeah. Tell, don't sell. And that's not even new, right? No, it's not. I mean, everything that we're talking about has been done for years and years and years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The difference so, is now the, the production company, the ad company, the television company is in your pocket on your phone. Yeah, that's it. The internet is 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 television now. Blogging is is what newspapers are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Podcast or what the radio is. I mean, it's 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 the same. It's the same practice, just in a different form. And that's what people have to realize. But the the thing that's exciting about this is, in its new form, it's 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 accessible to everyone. Everyone. And even everyone. if you want to have broadcast quality, I mean, companies like Content Monster can give you a cameraman and give you the broadcast quality that looks like a reality TV show, but still have it planned to chunk for your social media. And it won't cost you anything anything in the sphere of what it used to cost to make commercials and television and all that kind of things. That Those days, in my opinion, are, are coming close to an end. I mean, when, when you're watching TV, if you're watching an actual physical TV, when a commercial comes on, you go to your phone. So you don't go, you don't watch the commercial. So if that content is on that phone, that's where... As a business person, you should be. Yeah, definitely. You should be 
every place. I mean, we're, we're just in a day and age where, and not even a day and age, it's always, everybody's always just wanted attention, you know? Check out my business, check out what I can do for you. At this point, people just want to know your story, though. Just talk to me. Well, speaking of checkout, we're going to wrap up. So how can they find you? Oh, man, you guys can find me at uh, www.cartermedia.net. And, hey, follow me on LinkedIn, Dante Carter. And I'm A. Lee Judge. Be sure to follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn at A. Lee Judge. And the company is Content Monster, M-O-N-S-T-A, contentmonster.com. And that wraps up our show today, uh, the business of content. Content. Yeah, where we always try to help you uh, learn how to create content for your business and how to use that content to connect with your audience. Woo, let's make it happen. All right, talk to you next time. Thanks for <laughs> Have a good in. one. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Business of Content podcast, brought to you by contentmonster.com and Carter Media. If you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to give it five stars and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.